Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast from DFS Army. I'm Sniper. That's Monk. We're going to talk UFC Sao Paulo, your main event, Jailton Almeida versus the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Before we get started, pop that like button as we're going to talk bets. We're going to talk about DraftKings. Got it all covered. Make sure you check the links below as well. We'll get you all squared away at DFS Army to make some money. I'm back from vacation. Monk, you miss me? Absolutely, man. Did a solo pod last week. I think I did all right. You know, picks were decent. But definitely yeah. uh, missed missed having you on the show. You ended up being solo. I see. I, I I go away for a week. I go on vacation. What happened to Vince or Gene? Nobody would step up. Everybody was. Busy. Oh, I don't know. I may or may not have asked anyone to do it, which uh, that means I didn't. I just shit. did a solo one. <laughs> shit! I told Vince you were gonna hop on with him. Oh uh, yeah, Vince. And, uh... Vince, if, if, if you're watching the slide in my DMs, well, you know what? If you're around next week for the uh, pay per view, we can do a three man for there you go for, there you go. for the people for for the pay per view. Which I am though in the area not going to. Every time I go, you come back sick. I get back at two like thirty in the morning. I'm too old for that shit. I want to get a hotel. Like I'm just I'm just gonna watch this one. Yeah. I, I go to a lot of the events in, in the tri-state area. I'm probably just gonna chill for this one. Yeah, that's a tough one to get to for sure. They're they're all tough being living where I live, and and not that I'm never gonna go again. I just busy life schedule. Fall is tough with kids and activity. I'm just just gonna just gonna watch this one at home. Should be a good card. Saving up for the next Texas card whenever that is. I'll hit that one up. <laughs> nice. Very, very nice. Uh, all right. I told you guys check out the link. I told you hit the like button. You know what that means? We can get started. We go to the main event. Jailton Almeida taking on Derek Lewis. Almeida is a minus 500 favorite. 9,600 on DK Derek Lewis plus 385. 6,600 on the DraftKings machine. Crazy ass inside the distance line. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ease myself back in here. I'm going to go first because this is a super easy fight to break down. And you're going to hear the same thing in every fucking podcast you listen to this week. Well, one takedown. Jailton wins. He's just got Lewis has got to land the bomb like he did against Curtis Blades before he gets taken down. Almeida will slice through him on the ground. He'll submit Derek Lewis or he'll he'll get him out of there. You never know if he's going to submit or ground. He can do either. Uh, so it just comes down to that. I know Derek Lewis did it against Curtis Blades. I, I just don't see him continuing. To, I don't see him landing that 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 shot here. You remember uh, Almeida's a smaller heavyweight. They're still massive, but for heavyweight, you know, Lewis cuts to two sixty five, I think, or or just gets under it. Um, I think Almeida will be able to use his speed to get in, close the distance, find a takedown, get the win. I want no part of this for the stacking and cash games. No, thank you, because both guys have a floor of fucking zero, so you're not stacking this week. There's plenty of 9K options. I, I will, oddly enough, I'm probably going to try and get Almeida in in cash game and to make him a priority, but he's not one where if I'm like a couple hundred bucks short of a lineup I love and I haven't started to build yet on DraftKings, I, you could pivot off him because there's some 9K fighters I love it's going to be really risky to do. And it's like the third, fourth option. I'm just saying, because if he doesn't win in the first minute, what's, what's he really going to score? 9,600 is a lot. I want to get him in cash. Let me reiterate. I want to it's just, it's not first things. It's not like the end all be all, but I'm, I'm going to really try Lewis. No, thanks. I got other dogs with, with a better floor DraftKings play both sides because Lewis can land it. I don't think it's going to take a ton. Um, I think he's live for it. Sure, give him the 10, 15% mixing in GPPs. Sure. That's, I wouldn't go crazy. If you want to take a stand on him and go 30, that means you're basically picking him to win and no thanks. 
um, for me personally, but that's, I think, how you would approach that if you like Lewis. The betting side, I, betting side, I see no value anywhere. <laughs> the inside the distance line is enormous. The line's inflated. If, if anything, you take a stab on Derek Lewis by KO, but I, I can't do it. For me, it's a pet, uh, it's a pass betting wise, and the pick is for Almeida to find that finish. Maybe he kind of eases his way into it. I kind of think he gets it done late in the first round, though. Uh, Monk, what do you got? Yeah, can't really add too much there. I agree completely. The picks Almeida, uh, he is DraftKings darling. He scores insane in every single fight. And he did actually go out of the first round uh, once. He went almost eight full minutes with uh, Shamil, and he did put up 125. So the guy is scoring well over six and a half or almost six and a half points per minute. Um, I mean, I really can't add anything here. Oh, he's been uh, hit with two significant strikes total. Two significant strikes in over like 22 minutes of fighting. He's controlled 100% of the grappling time. Four out of five wins, first round wins. Yeah, it's going to be like that. Play a little bit of Lewis because Lewis can do Lewis things. But if he doesn't do those things, he scores less than two points a minute and he is not a uh, viable DraftKings player. So yeah, <sighs> give me Almeida uh, and GPPs, maybe a little bit of Lewis. No Lewis in cash. And Almeida for cash is going to be tough. Usually I'd be the guy to say I'm all over at 9,600. I will have some of him. But in my main lineup that I made uh, yesterday, he is not in it. He's just too, too much. I do not like. I thought you were of... going to tell me I was crazy when I said that earlier. You didn't I didn't talk not... about this. I yeah, thought you no. were going to yell at me. No, I do not like uh, very many underdogs this week. They are few and far between. Hard. So it's going to be real hard to get to Almeida. So, uh, yeah, more power to you if you can play him and find some dogs. But I'm going to have more uh, 9K guys or I'll have other 9K guys that I'll have rostered more than Almeida this week. Well, but I love him for the, the win. I'll be rooting for him. The path is going to be if you want to play uh, Montserrat Ruiz, you know, just well, yeah, the, the, right. the, the the punt women, the women MMA dog. I mean, th that's probably the path. Again, I haven't built yet. I'll do that tomorrow. Um, but and all the everybody, if, not everybody. I'm assuming some people are out there picking moves. You guys are late to the bandwagon. I was all fucking over him against Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. I think I yelled, I yelled, I yelled to anybody who would listen. He was going to smash that guy. But now it's too late. Now it's this is yeah, this. This is not Pezal. This is a guy who is probably going to get a title shot at notice. some point. You know what? Sign me up for, at some point, sign me up for, uh, oh, man, Jailton Almeida versus Sergey Pavlovich. Oh, God. I want to see that fight. God, that that could that could be a co-main of a pay-per-view right now. Sign, Can sign he dodge up. one punch? That would be the only question. Can he dodge it? Can he get out of the way and change Fun. levels? Fun, fun, fun. Let's go to the co-main event of the evening. I'm a little, I'm a little confused why this is the co-main. Look, there's a ton of Brazilians on this card, and this is the better, bon, better Bonfim brother. This is the guy, I guess, to give the push. That, that's why he's, he's in the co-main here. Gabriel Bonfim minus six twenty-five, ninety-three hundred on DK. Nicholas Dalby, somebody I love to bet against. I, I, I have thought he's overrated for a long time. He's pulled out some weird wins and cost me, but I. I've made more money betting against him than I've lost. Uh, he's plus 475, 6,900 on DK. Monk, you're first for this fight. Yeah, I'm very interested in Gabriel Bonfim here. Like you said, he is the better Bonfim brother. Undefeated professionally, 2-0 and in the UFC against Giles and Lazez. Scoring fantastically inside the distance. I mean, he's well over eight points a minute. Hardly allows any points. Controls almost 70% of the grappling time. Uh, average points per win is 108 and he's got a very good strength of schedule, which you don't normally see with guys that don't have, you know, a ton of you, you know, with guys that are early into their UFC career, I should say average salary is nine K. So he's not too much above that. Um, I don't like Dalby at all 
for any format, really. I mean, I guess for GPP, you have to play him at 6,900. Plus, he's not going to be very high owned. His average ownership, just 13% since 2021. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, I'd, I'd wager it'd be about that uh, this week here. Only 2.7 points a minute, under two points a minute at distance. Scores 77 per win. No first round finish wins or losses. So, yeah, I don't really like anything I see from Dalby here, but he always just finds a way to get it done. Um, you know, rarely, in fact, never has he scored triple digits uh, in all six of his, in any uh, of those six UFC wins, never triple digits. So give me Gabriel Bonfim. Love him at 9,300. Love that he is cheaper than his brother because I think a lot of people are going to get weird. confused and just pick Bonfim. So weird. Just going to pick Bonfim uh, and they're going to pick the more expensive one. So uh, that could help us out in the long run. Just a theory, a, a crazy man theory I have. But uh, yeah, give me Gabriel Bonfim. Love him over Dalby, and hopefully he gives Dalby his first UFC finish loss. That would be fantastic. So love him for cash. Love him for GPPs. Gabriel Bonfim. Who is 22% average on Bonfim or, or Dalby? Uh, Bonfim was 32%, and Dalby is 13%. Oh, I thought you said somebody had an average ownership of, of 22%. Uh, no, Must have misheard that. One. Okay. Must have misheard. Um, yeah, I'm about... I'm about Bonfim here. Better wrestler, better grappler. I'm just gonna, I don't want to re rehash it. I will say what's weird. I'm just going to reiterate because I don't think there's reason to go over it again. Why it's so weird that the pricing here is that I think Gabriel Bonfim is better than Ismail Bonfim. And I think Vince Pichel, who's fighting uh, Ismail, is better than Nicholas Dalby, who's fighting Gabriel. And yet the lines, it's just weird. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, and we'll talk about the other Bonfim and Pichel in a minute. Um, not not much to add here. I, where I can fit in Gabriel Bonfim, he is not my favorite play in this range. We'll get there, but he is up there. A lot of good nine nine K plays. I'm just gonna look real quick. You have Almeida, Gabriel Bonfim, and Renat and Vitor are like my top tier at 9k on DraftKings, i probably put gabriel's probably two or three depending on how impactful the almeida pricing is um by the way i spoiler alert for later renat is number one I fucking love renat this week we'll talk about that though in a minute let's go to the next fight let's talk rodrigo nascimento taking on dante Mays. Nascimento's minus 200. Come back on Mays is plus 170. Nascimento's 8,800 on DraftKings. Dante Mays is 7,400. We've seen this fucking fight before. And I don't understand why how Mays has done anything good enough to get himself a rematch. Nascimento hasn't looked that bad. I think this fight actually... I, I am notorious for yelling that rematches never play out the same way. It might not play out exactly the same way. I, I just... I don't see where Dante... Dante Mays has got to be a good enough striker to win this fight for three rounds. I don't think he is. I think Nascimento, the grappling will pay off again at some point. And that's probably how this fight goes. I think the way we saw it last time is the most likely outcome here. Uh, I think Nascimento is a decent striker. Everyone's talking about the... Um, I did expect him to do better against Elir Latifi. Latifi's defensive wrestling is way better than Dante Mesa's defensive wrestling. And that's the key here. Nascimento just needs a takedown. Uh, and I think the fight, I, I just, I mean, you're talking about a guy who literally just humped Josh Parisian in the face, and that was his his ground game. 
I don't think Dantel Mays is that good. He's again, he caught Andre Arlovsky. Arlovsky chin appears to finally be going, or you know, they're heavyweights. That can happen. I'm not going to tell you go ahead and, and fade fully. Um, Dantel Mays is not live for a knockout because they're big boys. Nazi Mento is not, I'm not going to tell you he's a title contender. I just think he's better here. He's got the grappling upside. I see more pass for him, and Mays becomes a secondary DraftKings option. Uh, Betting-wise, I do think Nascimento is a live parlay piece at minus two hundred. Um, if you got a, you know, you want to lay some more wood down, I, I don't hate it as a bet. I, I think this is the first line on this card that is reasonable, and I've already seen him win this fight, so you know we can do it. I don't mind the two minus two hundred line on Nascimento. Uh, Monk, you're up. Yeah, I, I don't like this fight at all uh, for any reason. First of all, it's even a with the grappler. And, yeah, and yeah. it's yeah not not a fan either it's a rematch or first of all it's a rematch we don't need uh really don't need no. to see this they just fought in like 2020 or something um relatively close fight as far as the stats go but uh, nascimento got that second round submission win um scored you know not very well at all i guess just under 100 points so not even triple digits in a win which you never want to see um neither guy scoring very well right around three points a minute and both guys getting outscored from everywhere it probably does play out the same uh as it did before i'm picking nascimento to win but uh i think it probably goes to a super boring decision and i really don't think the winner is going to score very well so i'm avoiding this one completely in cash because i don't trust either guy at all Cash games agree yeah i don't i don't trust either guy at all for cash um i personally would not be parlaying nascimento ever for anything i just don't trust him uh he'll, he'll probably win he is only four and four and one in the ufc only lost that one fight to chris daukas before daukas fell off a cliff but uh still i just i just don't trust him i don't like uh his fighting style um i feel like he's a guy that could suffocate guys more than he does and he just chooses not to so um yeah give me nascimento for the pick but uh i guess for gpp i'll be right around the field on both but yeah i'm not a fan of this fight for multiple reasons <laughs> just don't like his fucking face i get it yeah exactly okay, fine <laughs> plus wasn't it maze that that ruined our main event for next week <coughs> was it yeah he fucked up john jones's arm didn't he oh training oh, that was Dante oh, maze that's right i yeah, forgot yeah. about that shit fuck you john jones exactly you deserve everything you get anyway <laughs> let's move on before i get roasted in the comments <laughs> We got some stuff to talk about in this fight. We definitely there. There's there's some storylines here. Let's talk about Kyle Bahio minus 500, 9200. Take on Abus Magomedov plus 250, 7000. Magomedov his last fight again is against the reigning, defending, undisputed middleweight champion of the world, Sean Strickland. I I don't believe I just said that for reals, but that's what it is. That was his last fight. Uh, interesting lines here. Monk, you're first. Yeah, I'm probably, I mean, actually, I don't even know. Uh, I like Kyle Bahio. He is 4-0. He's looked good. Very unimpressive, especially outside of his last fight against Mikhail Oleksiejczyk. Outside of that one, he has not put up any kind of good points for DraftKings at all, whether it's per-minute scoring inside the distance or DraftKings points per <sighs> win, in which he's still just at 84.93, and that's with a 107-point win in his last fight. So very, very low average for Bahio. You know exactly what he's going to do. Uh, I don't really need to get into it, but uh, his numbers just aren't where they need to be. His ceiling is far under 100 points. It's under 98 points to be exact. So, yeah, not really looking for much. Bahio at 9,200, I think that is a gigantic price tag. Now, you are paying for the fact that Magomedov could possibly come out here and get subbed 
So we are looking at that for an option. Um, what did he finish? Oleg Zaychik in the second round, and he still put up 107. So I don't necessarily want to be out on Bahio. I'm just less than uh, than normally I, than I normally would be. Meanwhile, Magomedov, I think we're a uh, little recency bias here after he got uh, beat up by Sean Strickland. Now we get him at 7K. Magomedov is a guy that could come out here and land something on Bahio, whether it's a head kick, whether it's some kind of combination on the feet, and uh, put him down. If he gets him down and gets him, you know, days for even a second. The ground and pound finish option is there uh, to be taken. So I like Magomedov here. I might even pick him straight up as one of my two underdogs this week, but uh, I'm not quite there yet. But as far as DraftKings, I'll be playing him in cash. I'll be playing him in GPPs as well because I need somebody like this so I can get to the 9,600, 9,300, you know, 9,400, whoever's up there in the high 9K range. So give me Magomedov here. Um Although in my heart, I think Bahio probably wins. Hopefully, if he does, it's a decision in which Magomedov can land some strikes and score a you know a respectable amount of points uh, in a five round loss or a three round loss. So, I like both sides for DraftKings, and I can say that because I don't have many dogs I like like you, and and I do think Abus is probably one of the more live ones. Look, he gassed out in the second round. He gassed out hard in the second round of that fight against Strickland. Don't forget, he beat the shit out of Strickland in the first round. Now that is kind of how Strickland fights. Like he he, you know, turns on the pressure, but you have to be good to do that. And Strickland just doesn't give everybody the first round. So Abos is talented and he gassed out aggressively. And I think if Bahio forces him to wrestle, which he probably does, I think that gas tank will be a problem again. But Abos is live. He's super, super live. He is when got somebody this talented at 7K, he's worth a look, especially in GPPs. Overall, though, the fight pick is Bahio to mix it up a little better, force the gas tank, force the wrestling, maybe get a submission. I do think that is probably what happens. But Abus is live to slow in the fight down. We're landing something big. He's probably the most talented um, fighter down in this in this low range. Outside of maybe Derek Lewis, but Derek Lewis is he's talented. He's just freakishly strong. He's, he's probably the best fighter, well, you know, equipped fighter down in this range. And Bahio is. To me, still a hype train. We got to see how legit he is. The Mikhail win, Mikhail win, good. Didn't convince me 100% of Bahio. A, a dominant performance hit here will go a long way, but till I see it, I'm picking you. But on DraftKings anyway, I am skeptical. Um, and I will be playing some uh, uh, Abus. And for betting, I think Magomedov is a value side. I'm probably passing. Because I'm picking Bahio, but I think there's more value on Abus than there is for Kyle Bahio. Let's go ahead. Let's move on. Rodolfo Vieira taking on Armin Petrosian. Uh, Vieira is minus 115, minus 110 on somebody. It's basically a pick 'em. The other side, Petrosian. As you can see, the DraftKings salaries are inverted, but it's the mid-range fight. Um, well, kind of. We had the mid-range fight get pulled, and there's some salary wonkiness. But for all intensive purposes, this is the mid-range fight where both guys priced in the mid-range. Um, but Petrosian now at 8,300. Total clash of styles here. Um, who's first for this one? I, I already forgot. Is it me? I think you. It is. It is me for this one. This is fight five. Um, okay, so for this fight... I mean, it's striker versus grappler. We we know this, right? Vieira is that 
crazy good grappler who we've seen gas out incredibly hard and be finished. Super questionable gas tank. Looks like it's getting slightly better. His striking looks like it's getting better. Whereas Armin Petrosian is a striker who was looked shitty trying to stop takedowns. Who can get this fight where they want want it? It's pretty classic. I've seen more improvement from Vieira striking than I have from Petrosian's wrestling. And that's where I'm going to lean towards Vieira. In addition, if Vieira gets this fight where he wants it uh, on DraftKings, so, so that's where I think the value is betting-wise. And on DraftKings, Petrosian could win a boring striking decision. Or, you know, in Vieira's path to victory, it's probably a grappling that scores well and more, even more likely a finish. So I think even if you're leaning towards Petrosian, I think Vieira's the more interesting DK side with the grappling upside, which the better finish potential and the cheaper price. So Vieira, to me, is the better betting value because I think he gets to fight. I see more improvement from him, and I just I think his advantage on the ground is immense in this fight. Um and Petrosian's going to become a secondary option for me. How about for you, Monk? Yeah, this is the other dog that I'm picking straight up is uh, going to be Hidalfo Vieta. I just think his path to victory scores much better than Petrosian. Petrosian, another guy that historically does not score well, under three points a minute and under 80 points per win. His ceiling might be the lowest on the card at just over 80. And when your ceiling matches your DraftKings points per win, that means you are extremely consistently scoring uh 80 points basically in the in this case so not really interested in petrosian it makes my pick for DraftKings easier i'll uh be playing vieta probably in some cash definitely in gpps and uh maybe a bit of petrosian but he's nobody that i'm really going out of my way uh to to roster this week i like vieta for sure and pretty simple straightforward we can just we can just move right along here Talk about the other Bombeam brother. It is that time. Ismael Bombeam is minus 490. Taking on Vince from hell. P-Shell. By the way, for your nickname show, that is solid. That better be towards towards the top. I love Vince Absolutely. from hell. P-Shell. Uh, 9,500 for Bombeam. P-Shell at 6,700. Monk, you got this one first. Yeah, I'm probably picking Bombeam to win. I mean, he is the one that the Bombeam brother that has four losses all by sub um pichel has no ufc subs uh to this point and he is almost or he's over 40 years old closer to 41 than 40 i do believe but uh he is tough as hell as his nickname would suggest and i don't think this is just going to be you know there's a chance that bonfim could come out here and just finish him early but i really think pichel has a chance to go all three and um at least put up a respectable score at 6700 so i don't mind him as a punt play this week um whether you need him in cash or gpps i really don't mind him at all uh, but I really think Bonfim's probably capable of getting the win here. Um, I'm just hoping it goes to decision. I know he's capable of finishing the fight, but uh, Pichel only been finished twice out of his uh, 10 UFC fights so far. So hopefully he can get it to a greasy decision. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see where Bonfim is at when he takes on a very, very tough veteran. More grease. More yeah. grease, please. Um. Yeah, I, I think Bumfim wins. Pichel, though, is a live punt, I, I do think, I, at least for DraftKings in terms of cash games. I, I just think Bumfim is better everywhere. I think Pichel is slowing down. We'll talk more about uh, fighters slowing down here uh, in a bit. It's 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 one of those things where I, I just he's just a little better everywhere. I don't really see how Pichel wins other than making this a dirty fight um, or – Ismail not showing up. I just think Bunfim wins wherever this fight goes. I'm questioning the scoring on DK, but 
again, Ismail's, I think, the better striker. I don't think he's going to be outclassed in the grappling. Pichel has some power, but I, I don't know. It feels like an Ismail fight, but 9,500 in DK is the concern for you. DraftKings players, betting-wise, Von Veeam is a better parlay piece and Pichel is a punt value play, but it's, you know, I just think he wins everywhere. The line is just, the line is where it is for a reason. And I'd rather play on DraftKings, Jadson, Almeida, the other Bumpfiend brother, even Eduardo Mora, who we're going to talk about. Like, I think he's probably my lowest rated 9K player in terms of DraftKings upside. Let's move on. Let's talk about Daniel Marcos and Victor Hugo. Marcos minus 250, Hugo um, an 8,900 on DK, Hugo is plus 200, with his fancy Dana White Contender Series picture up on the screen, and 7,300 uh, for him. Uh, I got to tell you, this is probably the closest I came to picking an underdog um, down in this real, this true underdog range, like, like way down here. Um and it's really just an unknown in Hugo. He's got all these quick finishes on his career. He can snap up. You know, he's going to be aggressive. You know, when these these aggressive new guys come out, I, I think he could find, and I think he's really live for a finish. And if he wins, he's going to break the slate. So he's a good DraftKings play. I think if he wins, he gets one of those finishes. Um, Marcos won that fight against Davy Grant. Asterisk, star, star, star. By the way, I bet David Grant in that fight, so it might, might be a little bit biased. I can admit it. But that was a real close fight. And David Grant's legit. So I'm not saying Marcos isn't legit. I just don't know how he's going to deal with that forward pressure from Hugo. I think on paper, he is he's better. He's just a more polished fighter everywhere. It's just that raw aggression from Hugo, and he's growing into a fighter. And what is he going to look like in the UFC? It's kind of that unknown. Uh, so I'm kind of going to stay away from... Uh, Marcos definitely in cash games and GPPs. I might be a little under because there's guys I'm more confident in. Whereas I'm going to take some stabs on Victor Hugo, but I can't make it the straight up pick because Marcos just, when I watched them both, he looks better. Just I would exercise caution with this one. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I agree. I'm avoiding this one in cash completely. I don't know who's going to win. Um, give me both sides though for GPPs. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that is probably the best way. I could tell you to play it here. Uh, Marcos did look good against Oliveira, but as you mentioned, against Grant, looked good, but less good and, and pretty poor when it comes to DraftKings scoring, as a matter of fact. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I did not bet that fight, and I still think Davy Grant won, th won that one as well. Uh, Hugo, if you put DraftKings scoring to his Dana White Contender Series fight, would have scored less than 85 points in his finish win there. Uh, less than two points a minute. I mean, none of his numbers look good except a few of his grappling numbers here so i'm avoiding this one completely in cash playing a little bit on both sides like i said excuse me for gpps um but yeah marcos uh his average value per win is under 10 you never ever want to see that uh and his DraftKings points per win is less than 80 like i said 104 against Oliveira, but 54 points in a win against Davy Grant is a huge, huge red flag. So the pick is Marcos, um, but I think it's going to be a very close fight. Let's move on. Let's go Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos. I didn't write it here, but that is that, that is the full name. Uh, he is the underdog, and I have the salaries flipped, so ignore the salaries on the screen. I flipped them clearly. Ah, damn. I need an intern. 
somebody want to intern for the, for, for, for the podcast? <laughs> Uh, he's 7,100, whereas Renat Fakradinov, who's minus 350, he is 9,100. i got to get this off the screen. Monk, you're first. You get to talk about our boy Renat. Yeah, he's definitely one of my guys. Love watching him fight. Uh, DraftKings points off the charts, averaging over six points a minute, 11 and a half at distance, and five inside the distance. 122 overall. He dispatched Kevin Lee in about the you know the blink of an eye. Um Average value per win is fourteen hundred or fourteen, which is fantastic. Controls ninety eight percent of the grappling time, and he lands five, almost six takedowns per fifteen minutes. Zaleski here sixty six percent takedown defense, but he does allow almost two per fifteen minutes. And he was taken down by Li Jingling, Abu, uh, Abubakar Nurmagomedov, and twice by the lightweight Benoit Saint-Denis in a fight where he got absolutely smashed by uh, Zaleski. Still managed to land two takedowns on him. So this is going to go one of two ways. Renat's going to land one takedown and submit him early and score a bunch of points, or Renat's going to land a takedown um, and keep landing takedowns if Zaleski can get up and rack up a ton of takedown and control time points. Last thing I'll say, uh, we love in DraftKings ground and pound Lots of significant strikes happening in a very short window. Renat Fakhradinov through three UFC fights is number two in the welterweight division as far as ground strikes landed per minute. So definitely a lot of uh, good things to see from Renat Fakhradinov, and I will be having him in a ton of lineups, cash, GPPs, all of that. Probably not getting to a ton of Zaleski here. I'm just putting my faith in Renat. Yeah, Zaleski is the guy I mentioned who's going to be slowing down. He's been around forever. I, I get it, but this is a bad matchup, man. Renat is young, hungry, aggressive, decent, better striking than I thought he had, quite honestly, coming into the UFC. The grappling is there. You mentioned the top control time. Like, unless Zaleski lands one of them capoeira kicks, I don't I don't see how he wins this fight. All about Renat in all formats. Fine as a parlay piece. I love Renat Fakhradinov this week. I think he is one to watch a real legit prospect in this, in this division don't mind the price on DraftKings. like i said like the value i just think he's probably going to run through elizio zaleski dos santos and zaleski just that that puncher's chance now and he's a creative striker gonna land something see what happens let's move on let's talk about vitor petrino he display he dispatched he recently dispatched monk's favorite fighter on the roster anton the pleasure man turkali He's minus 245 and 9,000. Take on Modestus Buskowskis at plus 210, 7,200. Interesting fight in this in that I thought I was going to like Bukowskis more than I do. Good striker. Tyson Pedro handled him. No, no. He handled Tyson Pedro, but this is a different... Uh, wait, how did that Pedro... And now, now I'm going back and forth. Yeah, Pedro was like supposedly sick that week, and yeah, got, yeah, that, that's right. By an indecision, right? Uh, and we we all expected kind of the uh, the the takedowns, and that's right. Tyson Pedro got got two. That was my point. Tyson Pedro got two takedowns. I don't think he's a great wrestler. Zach Pauga got a takedown against Modestus Bukowskis. Vitor Petrino, all of a sudden gets to the UFC and can grapple, like to, four against Marcin Procnio, seven against uh, Turkali, and. Don't get it too twisted. I don't think he's some crazy good wrestler. He's just willing to use it. He, on the regional scene, threw strikes, threw bombs, and that was his thing. He gets to the UFC, and all of a sudden, he's like, I could take guys down. 
this is way easier. So he's willing to mix it up, which I think is interesting here. I think against Bukaskis, though, he is going to be the better grappler. He does not want to stand at range, which with Modestus. Modestus, not a high-volume guy anyway. Even if he wins, I don't think he scores particularly well on DraftKings. I think, just think this matches up well for Petrino. I think he's more likely to land the more impactful strikes. He's got the home crowd behind him. Probably the better grappler. Give me Bukowskis. I will say Petrino. Uh, give me Petrino. I will say that Bukowskis probably. My initial reaction going into tape was that I was going to like him more, so I, I don't think I can fade him all the way. I'm, I'm going to mix in just a little bit. Um, again, because I, I can get away from guys like Zaleski, and we'll talk about him later, but uh, Kyle Fernandez. And, and yeah, there's other guys in that range I can avoid that I can get a little bit of Bukowski just in case my initial lean pre-tape was correct. But I, I, I'm on Petrino here. Monk, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to pick Petrino as well as drafting <laughs> scoring, uh, looking very good against Pracnio and Turkali. So we do like to see that. Um, love to see the grappling aspect as well. That's going to be huge for me. Bukowskis, though, in his last two wins, 56 against Pauga and 51 against Pedro. So I am not looking forward to rostering him at all. I probably won't even have a ton of him uh, whatsoever. Definitely not in cash, that's for sure. Maybe just the bare minimum in GPPs. But, yeah, I, I'm picking Petrino here. I think he's going to be able to get the it done. bare necessities. Yeah, it's, it's it looks bad for Bukowskis. Like, I, I don't know how I could even put him in uh at all i mean one and a half points per minute overall a point and a half per minute 68 per win it's just it's trash all the way around um he is 925 under his average salary which we like to see but other than that there are no good stats for him so the picks petrino and i don't know how i'm going to be getting to any kind of bukowskis uh in any formats to be honest uh yeah it's a bit of it is a bit of a challenge to get there yeah it, it, it is all right, let's make sure I don't talk about the wrong fight. That'd be tragic. Angela Hill taking on Denise Gomes. Angela Hill, plus 110, 7,800. Denise Gomes, minus 130, 8,400. Monk, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. I have some thoughts. And I know you know them because we talked beforehand, so let's see how much my thunder you steal, but you're first. Uh, I'm going to be on Denise Gomes here at, what, 8,400. I like her this week. Um I know she's super young and taking on a very, very good vet, a 23 fight vet uh, in the UFC, to be completely honest, and Angela Hill. Um, but my concern is, and yes, Hill, you know, is very tough, only been subbed twice, never been KOT KO'd in the UFC, but she did get knocked down by Mackenzie Dern, guys. Mackenzie Dern. Uh, Lupi Godinez also had her way basically on the feet with her for the most part, uh, at least moments in that fight. So, I just think Gomes, we know she can crack. We uh, we know she can score well when she does win. So if she can catch Angela Hill, I really think that uh, she can pay off the very cheap salary of just $8,400, you know, having made the optimal lineup twice. I love to see that. Obviously, the first one, uh, the second one was against Uregi in under 30 seconds, but the first one was Bruno Brazil, a fight that took almost eight minutes, and she still put up 131 points, which is she well above average. Too. Yeah, well above average for uh, yeah, she's been sixty nine hundred in both of her previous fights, and now she's eighty four. So you got to pay for it. But I think Angel Hill, you know, she's getting up there in age. She's definitely losing uh, some quickness here, and I think Gomes can crack. So I'm going to take a gamble, and I'm going to pick Gomes 
and I'll have her in uh, GPPs and cash as well. I got to clip that somewhere. You got to pay for it. Got to pay uh, for it. Look, Denise Gomes, this is a step up in competition. And she's a favorite now because she was an underdog in those last two fights, wins impressively. Look, Angela Hill's striking defense, I still think her, her, her striking defense is pretty good. I can explain the Mackenzie Dern one in that against Mackenzie Dern was everybody have, have to do. Don't get taken down. Don't get taken down. Don't get taken down. And your hands drop. Denise Gomes, it'll be interesting to see what Denise Gomes does. If she, I think, just goes forward and tries to slug it out with Angela Hill, I think Angela Hill is a super live dog, and I actually think she's the cleaner, more technical striker with her experience. If Denise Gomes rushes forward, closes the distance, tries to grapple, make it a dirty type of fight, I think she probably wins that fight. When I see this fight play out in my mind, I actually think Denise Gomes is going to make a rookie mistake and stand at range, you know, start throwing bombs against Angela Hill. And I think Angela Hill's going to piece her up. I do. I So for me, Hill is the pick for the fight. I think they're going to be at range and it's going to be, I do expect high volume. Remember, Angela Hill fights are incredibly high paced typically, and Gomes is also going to do that. So go ahead and play both sides of this. There's a ton of volume to be had. There is finished potential on the Gomes side. Agreed. I think Hill at a cheaper price point. With her volume on this card with limited dogs, I think she's super live. DraftKings, I say go ahead play play both sides. Cash games. I honestly think you can play both sides in cash games if, if you really have a strong opinion either way. I think they're both fine. Um, I lean towards Hill because I think she's more technical, and I think the experience will pay off here. So that's just my read on the fight. But again, it's one that's got some good DraftKings scorings on both sides. So that's. That's, I think, probably one of the more interesting... I think this fight really could make or break the entire slate for a lot of people. And I don't think people are thinking that way. But, um, yeah, give me Angela Hill. That's, that's my dog play of the card. All right, next up. Yeah, sorry, guys. There's not there's not a lot of um, not a lot of photos out there of Eduardo Mora. Thanks, UFC dicks. She's minus 600, though. 9,400 on DraftKings. Take it on Montserrat Ruiz at plus 425. 6,800 on the DraftKings machine. Um, look, I think more is better. I just, she's a better wrestler, Montserrat Ruiz. Whenever I see somebody in tape landing head and arm throws, I cringe. I'm like, that's not going to work very long once you get to the higher level. And I think more is a, too good of a grappler for that on the feet. They both suck. I don't, I don't think anyone's good on the feet unless I'm misreading um, or, or or misremembering them on the feet. I, I just I, I don't know who went on the feet. On the, and that's why if you want to punt with Montserrat Ruiz in cash games just so you can get up to Almeida, it's a viable build. Because you know, on the feet, who knows? She's live. She could put up some points. Um, and Eduardo Mora, I do think she's going to get her down, though. And I think she's going to finish her on top. That is my pick for the fight. Just think the superior grappler is going to shine through here. Expensive on DraftKings, but I don't think it takes a ton to get over the field. I do like Eduardo Mora quite a bit for that reason. Monk, who you got? Yeah, same. I'm going to be well over the field on Eduardo Mora here. 5.3 points a minute in her DraftKings debut. Yeah, <laughs> only a four-minute fight, uh, but she would have scored 111 in that fight. We have no takedown defense uh, from her. Obviously, no, none attempted, uh, so we do have some big holes there. Last five strength, the schedule leaves a lot to be desired. It is the worst on the card, but she is fighting someone six inches shorter and six inch less reach advantage. So, yeah, give me Moira here. I love her for the finish. Love her in cash games as a nice pivot 
off of the Almeidas and the Bone Themes of the world. So yeah, I uh, I think I started my main cash lineup with Renat and and Moira. So really like that in order to get different this week, and then I don't have to go and you know completely go dumpster diving uh, to to make up for it. So love Moira, love her for a finish, and uh, yeah, let's just uh, do away with Montserrat Ruiz. Could we please? We don't need to see her. Oh, again. you rhymed. Doctor Seuss shit up in here. I like it. <laughs> Let's go Kaiway Fernandez, who also, by the way, not a ton of fucking photos out there. So um, just kind of grab one, I think, from Twitter. Um, sorry. Mark DK say he's minus 170. Fernandez plus 145. Fernandez is 7,600. DK say 8,600. Um, weird to see this fight so early on in the card, but it really is because it's a Brazilian card and DK is a bigger name here and he's not Brazilian. But how do you think the fight plays out? Yeah, I see a lot of people on the newcomer this week, and I guess I don't mind really? that a little. Oh, tons, tons of people on Kawi this week. Everybody's well, saying D. Casey's knees are are shot, and he's looked terrible in his last fights. I'm I'm gonna be all over D. Casey at 8600. He has the potential for a huge wrestling upside and some uh, DFS big, Army big, special because yeah, yeah, some big scores here for sure. So I'm not counting out D. Casey at all. I don't have any stats for Fernandes. Um, I mean, he's got four KO TKO wins, two sub wins one loss in his in his professional career dkc you are only paying 250 over his average salary and like i said i think how he wins scores very very well if he sticks to uh his recent game plan of numerous takedowns and control time so give me mark dkc one of the best ceilings on the card and uh i'll have a little bit of fernandez just in case you know something happens but uh yeah i'm, I'm picking mark dkc for sure so everything you mentioned i think is why i was saying fernandez is a fine DraftKings secondary play because DK has been around a long time. Who knows? Who knows? Really, he's been caught in submission. So Fernandez is live for a sub. Um, he throws some unconventional strikes. That was really it in terms of skill, though. Guy Casey looks bigger, stronger, can wrestle. I think he's the better boxer. I don't know. DK looks better everywhere, and but it's it's that the X factors of you know the knees and the submissions and just the age. That's not enough for me to pick Fernandez though. on short note, this is for short notice for, for Kawe, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So it's not enough for me to pick him. I'll mix him in as a secondary option for those reasons. But for me and the reasons I listed, like DK say would appear to be the better fighter to me. And that's going to be who I'm going to roll with here. All right, let's talk about this fight. And I say this fight because it literally just got added to DraftKings salary-wise a couple of hours ago. Uh, Elvis Brenner's minus 190. Kanan Kruszewski, plus 160. Brenner's 8,200. Kruszewski, 7,700, which I would think he'd be priced a little bit lower, maybe 74, 73, but sure. Um, look, Kruszewski taking the fight on two days' notice off of, you know, com coming off from uh, Contender Series. Look fine on Contender Series. Let me pull up that fight real quick so I don't misquote it here. That was it was it was first round rear naked choke win against Dylan Mantello. Seemed fine. I just Elvis Brenner though is to me a legit UFC fighter. He beat Guram Kutateladze. He beat Zubata Tukagov. Minus one ninety seems like a decent price. I don't mind against short notice. Cool like that. Eighty two hundred in DraftKings. Cool like that. The dude's got volume. He can wrestle. He's got power. Sign me up for Brenner. I'll mix in just a little bit of Krzyzewski because it is still a low-level fight, and these guys in two days notice if they let it all hang out. 
he can pop a big score. So, and there's other, I think I listed enough fade places that I can be secondary here on, on Krasiewski, but I got to go with Brenner from what I've seen. To me, it looks like the, the uh, better pick and the play for this one. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I completely agree. And it's going to be his toughness. The fact of who he beat in his first two fights, these aren't just cans. It's, you know, Zubaira, who's had 26 UFC f- or uh, professional fights. And Kuzatalante is no joke. No joke at all. And uh, Brenner dispatched him in the third round, put up 101 points. So 8,200. And now we have inherent value uh, because he lost his opponent. And we've got a guy who's only 7,700. I agree. He should be cheaper than that. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know um, about that salary. But give me a ton of Brenner. Love him this week at 8,200. Probably don't mind him as a parlay piece, I guess, but uh, maybe just to, I don't know. I, I don't really like to parlay much these days, but I do really like him for DraftKings at that price point. I think he can score very well, and hopefully with a first-round win, he could put up triple digits at the cheapest favorite salary on the entire card. Yep, I like it. All right, let's go kill shots, boys and girls. Kill shots. You don't know what a kill shot is. Under own play, we expect to break the slate. It can't be popular. It's usually an underdog, but... Ishmael Bonfim would be an acceptable kill shot. That's what you're getting at. This DraftKings specific here. Uh, you DraftKings players, just something unexpected, under own play you think could break the slate. Do me a favor before we give them out. Hit that like button for me. Make sure you click the links below. Join DFS Army and all that good stuff. At the very least, give us a like button, whether you are or not a member. The members better hit the fucking like button. Or I'll <laughs> find you in Discord after I've had a few drinks on Saturday night. <laughs> that being said, Monkey, got a kill shot for us? Yeah, we're going to go with uh, a cheap one this week. 7K, Abus Magomedov, hoping he can land that one shot out of left field and put Kyle Bahio down before he gets wrestle-fucked to death. Um, yeah, that's like his one path to victory, and he's got some really good striking, so hopefully he can utilize that against the grappler in Bahio. So, yeah, my kill shot this week, 7K, Abus Magomedov. Give me some overkill. Angela overkill. Hill is my kill shot. I think Ruiz got pumped up a little bit too high. I think we're in for a war. High volume, mid-range price. She's a dog. Sign me up. I don't, you know, women's MMA fighters. I I, I don't think she's going to be heavily owned. So give me Angela Hill is my kill shot for the week. That's what we got for the Kill Shot MMA podcast. One more time. Pop that motherfucking like button. That's UFC Sao Paulo. We got pay-per-view next week. Vince, if you're watching and you skipped ahead, slide in my DMs. We'll get you on the uh, show next week. Three-man pod, hopefully. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you can watch that podcast. Monk, any last words before we dip? No, super excited for this card. We've got a great pay-per-view next week. Only six six cards left, so I'm going to hopefully enjoy them all. Should be a good time. Um, I will see you in Discord Saturday night, my friend. Everybody else. Good luck in your contest with whatever bet you're making. Check us all out at those links below, and I'll see you next time.